This is the Best of the Adam Gold Show podcast, brought to you by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Hope you are ready for your weekend. It was a long week. It feels like a long weekend. It was only four days. That's probably a me problem. Well, it's weird how short weeks work out like that sometimes. Is it? Yeah. shouldn't do that. It shouldn't at all. <laughs> really shouldn't. It should feel 80% of a full week. It should feel 20% yeah. shorter. And it doesn't. It feels like 40% longer. I think we're all dealing with the effects of the week, what happened Monday, and because I think that takes a lot out of everybody. Mm-hmm. Whenever you are sad or thoughtful, uh, it tends to, uh, tend- well, we're not used to it. Yeah. Right? Oh, don't make me think. I know. Just don't take me out of my comfort zone. Feelings. Anyway, yeah, feelings. Oh, those are bad. So, (laughs) uh, but we have great news today. And we'll, uh, we shouldn't even waste any time. Let's just start with great news today. So last night, DeMar Hamlin had the breathing tube removed. In and of itself, great news. They're not taking that out if they don't think he can breathe on his own. Yeah. So we knew that yesterday he had, uh, or the previous night, he had woken up. They allowed him to come out of the medically induced coma. He woke up, eyes open, family there, um, communicated, wrote, was using pen and paper because he still had the breathing tube in. But communicating, responsive, all of that, positive signs. It took the tube out. He um, is talking. Yeah, didn't he ask right? who won the game? He, he wrote, it's one of the first things he wrote yeah. was who won the game. Uh, and the the correct answer is you, you. did. Yeah. Right. Um, he FaceTimed the Buffalo Bills team meetings this morning. So it's still, we're still a long way from knowing everything, but. Super positive signs about his cognitive abilities uh, still to be seen, motor and things like that. But um, absolutely awesome. DeMar Hamlin looks like he's going to ultimately be okay. Now, what level of okay that is, we still don't know. But, uh, man, he certainly looks like he's going to be a functioning member of society. Yeah. And that's what we all should have been rooting for first and foremost, anything that happens beyond that is not gravy, but considering what he went through and Mm -hmm. what could have happened, what normally happens in those situations, uh, it is tremendous news. Here's Josh Allen, Buffalo's quarterback, uh, on not only DeMar, but the other real heroes here. Obviously just a, a dire circumstance that, Nobody's expecting, nobody's ready for. There's nothing that you can train about doing. Like, you can never put yourself in that situation until it happens. Um, I want to thank our, I know Coach mentioned it earlier, but our training staff for going out there, not knowing what's going on, but going through a checklist, working as a, a single cell symbiote, like, saving his life. You know, and it is being on that field. You, you you lose sleep you hurt for your brother um, a lot of shared grief but to the question before getting updates and positive updates eases so much of that, that pain and that tension 
that you feel, but coach handled it as as perfect as anybody could. All right, here's the coach. Here's Sean McDermott on who did what. For an assistant to find himself at that position and needing to take the action that he did and step up and take charge like he did, and there were others on the field as well, um, um, is nothing short of amazing. And the courage that that took, that is, you talk about a, a real leader, a real hero, saving DeMar's life and just uh, admire his strength. All right, he was referring to Denny Kellington, who was an assistant trainer with the Buffalo Bills. And everything that we have read or people that we have spoken to said that it was perfectly executed CPR because the situation was dire. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, being intubated on the field is a... And that's why I think all these players were just so distraught. It's heavy. You You don't see those types of things. Uh, All right, so a little bit more from this. Sean McDermott on DeMar Hamlin's dad talking to the team. Yesterday, uh, DeMar's father spoke to the team, and um, really his message was um, the team needs to get back to um, focusing on the goals that they had set for themselves. DeMar would have wanted it that way, and I'm paraphrasing. And so um, that includes our game against New England this week. And I think that that has helped. And uh, and then again, today, the news today, as Josh alluded to, uh, was a was a big was a huge help uh, to getting us back to focused um, on on the game this weekend. And they actually got a chance to see DeMar. They didn't know that we were going to do that and, um, you know, wanted to make sure that that was actually going to be able to happen with DeMar's medical schedule there. And um, to be able to, when I said that we had a treat in store, um, it was just, uh, you could see the look on their eye in anticipation of what was probably coming. And and then uh, to get to Zoom, and when he came on the screen, um, and Tabani, our assistant trainer, has done a phenomenal job out there um, helping facilitate that this morning as well. And to to see the players' reaction um, they stood up right away and, and, and clapped for him and, you know, yelled some things to him. And it was a pretty, pretty cool exchange for a few seconds there. That was Brandon Bean, who's the general manager of the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. Could you imagine where they were Monday night into Tuesday, not knowing, yeah, positive signs Wednesday, Thursday, but... Hey, it's Adam Golden. I'm in studio with my friend, Coach Pete DeRuta with the Capital Financial Advisory Group. Is it ever too soon to seek out you and your expertise? Really, there's no too soon. It's time to get serious. So if you're 50 or over, we call it the financial red zone. And that's when really it's time for you to take control of your money and and make sure you have a firm on your side that's a fiduciary planning firm, which means they take your side at all times. Now, we'll do this for the next 10 of you who call. This is a $1,000 value, but I'm going to waive my planning fee to make sure you get your total retirement plan and you get on the right path for retirement. Call 888-843-0013, or text ADAM to 600-700. Adam Gold is a paid spokesman. Investment advisory services offered by Capital Financial Advisory Group, a North Carolina registered investment advisor. Friday morning, to be able to see him and have him speak to them, the 
I bet they floated yeah. out of that meeting room. Yes. So good for them. Good for all of them. Good for DeMar Hamlin. Now to the business of football. Sort of. The NFL will not resume the game between the Bengals and Bills. They will not resume the game. Do we have what Tory Holt said about this? Tory Holt was in studio with us yesterday, and we're all rooting for Tory Holt to get into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Uh, we talked about a number of things, including he's done a lot of media work. Uh, he and Solomon Wilcox were on the air Tuesday morning on NFL radio on satellite, if you have it. Anyway, uh, they talked about what would be the right thing to do, and Tory Holt, with me here in studio yesterday, did the same thing. Troy Vincent, Roger Goodell, the owners, they got it. They got some some real decisions that they yeah. have to make, but um, but. We have to be whatever decision is made. Some some folks will be happy about it. Some won't. I would say that nobody but, should be unhappy about it. But you should <laughs> right. Right. You should be happy with whatever decision they come up with. Again, being after watching what we watched on 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 Monday night, and you know, and Troy Vincent, who um, will play a major role in in whatever decision comes about. He played. Yeah. So he was a good player too. He was a heck of a player. I played against him. Big, strong, physical, could run. So you got to believe that he has his players hat on while also yeah. trying to make the decision. But ultimately, it's it's got to be in the best interest of our players. Yeah, because our players drive our league, and it's yes. got to be in the best interest of our players. Yeah. All right. Um. So they made the decision to not play the game. Bengals and the Bills, it was 7-3. to three. I think it was early second quarter when yeah. this happened. And they have just decided, nope. I don't know what happens to the fantasy whatever. I'll I think let you know. <laughs> we, have a, we have a fantasy league here. Yeah. And I believe it ended, didn't it? Uh, I'm, not sh- I'm not a part of that one, so okay. I'm not sure. I believe the one that we're in here, mm-hmm. I think we just... Oh, ended it. Okay. I have no. I, honestly, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Mine's on standby. I was in the losers Last bracket. I checked. <laughs> uh, I was in the losers bracket. It doesn't really matter to me either way. Um, but the it does create the problem, right? There are two teams who will play one less game. So here's what's going on: the NFL is convening a meeting today. To amend the rules that could cause the AFC championship game to be played on a neutral field. Essentially, because the Chiefs, Bills, and Bengals all still had a chance to claim the number one seed and the bye that goes along with it. It creates the possibility that Kansas City, who lost to both the Bills and the Bengals this year, could be the number one seed simply because the Bills can't get to 14 wins. And on the off chance that Kansas City were to lose to the Raiders tomorrow afternoon, and I believe they are in Vegas, Cincinnati can't get to 13 wins, which would give them the possibility of the home field advantage. So... What they're going to propose today or vote on today, they've already talked about it. Now they're going to vote on it today. And they need 24 owners to say yes. 
if the if two of those three teams are in based on results of this week, by the way, if two of those three teams are in the championship game and certain things play out in week eighteen, we could ha- we could have a, a neutral site for the AFC championship game. Oh wow! Yeah, a, ex- exactly. By the way, here's. Chris Sims from ProFootballTalk.com, NBC as well, uh, on the decision to cancel the game because, I mean, honestly, this was the right thing to do. I think it's the one that makes the most sense. You know, it, it's it's the one that seems to be uh, the, at least the, the least amount of hoops and, you know, craziness that we got to deal with as far as to figure it all out. It's not fair. You know, I, I I get that. It's not fair to the the Bills or the Bengals or or the Ravens for that matter. You can go down the line here. It affects more than just these two teams. But you know, one like we talked about, it just doesn't seem right as far as to put them back together in the at the scene of the crime and and just kind of relive that experience again. And you know, two, it just let's just keep let's just keep this machine rolling here a little bit. And and go from there. Uh, I I just I feel like this is the best way, even though it's not perfect. It's not. And and you know, the other thing too, Mike is, you know, again, yeah, Kansas City. By all due accounts, if they win this weekend, they're going to get home field advantage. And you know, not necessarily sure that's right. But at the same time, we saw the Bengals go in there in the AFC Championship game and beat them last year. The Bills have beat them there two of the last three times they played them. And I mean, of course, it was a miracle that they didn't. They're not three for the last three. And, you know, just like you saw Joe Burrow there, you know, again, I, I know it's, it's hey, advantage Kansas City here a little bit, but with guys like Joe Burrow or Josh Allen, you could see right there. Joe Burrow's like, eh, eh, I don't care. You know, yeah, it, it stinks, and you know, we'll play you wherever. I mean, that, that's the way those guys are. We'll, we'll play you in the parking lot if it's to go to the Super Bowl. Don't you worry. We'll be effing ready, right? That's how that group is there, those two, if I know them. So they're, they'll have their troops, and they'll, them themselves will be ready to go to face that challenge when, that, when and if that time comes. But I think this is the, the, the one that makes the most sense to me. Players are players. They don't care. Um, this decision will not be made. <laughs> will not be made by players. It is going to be made by money people. All right. Um, he mentioned Baltimore there. So there's a, Baltimore's not in contention for the number one seed, but here is a real scenario that impacts the Ravens and the Bengals. If Baltimore goes to Cincinnati on Sunday and wins that game, they will have swept the season series from the Bengals because the Bengals-Bills game did not play, did not happen. They will finish, again, assuming a Baltimore win, they will finish a half game behind Cincinnati in the division race. Oh, boy. Which, okay. But because it's a sweep, if they are to meet in the first round of the playoffs in the 3-6 game, so if the Bengals were to, at 11-5, be the third seed, and the Ravens at 11-6 were to be the sixth seed which is possible, then those two teams, we would flip a coin to see who hosts the game. You know people love flipping coins for decisions. 
Why not rocks, paper, scissors? <laughs> yeah. I mean, what are we doing here? Yeah, put some food in front just of a dog and tell him to pick one. Odds and evens. <laughs> yeah. Right? Just do odds and evens. Whatever. And my, my head's exploding here. Uh, I do want to play Jonathan Jones from CBS Sports on, like, the Bengals. Now, this remember, this is a vote. It 24 people, 24 owners, essentially, would need to vote in favor of this particular plan for it to go through. Here's Jonathan Jones on why the Bengals are pushing a no vote here. Figure out playoff seedings uh, and, and what happens there. You rely upon winning percentage. And so the Bengals are sitting here saying, all right, if we have this on the books, why aren't we following that? Instead, what the NFL, what the competition committee tried to sort of improvise and put together is a a situation that tries to inject a little bit more equity, a little bit more fairness into the process where Roger Goodell said in a statement, we know it's not perfect. Well, what you have right now is a Bengals team that says, well, if we lose this weekend, uh, and uh, and we've now been swept in the season series, but we are still the AFC North division champs. We should get the home game. Any other year, the three seed gets to play at home against the six seed. And so now it's a coin flip. It's a 50-50 proposition if Sunday, if the scenario on Sunday winds up playing out and we may lose that coin flip. And so uh, that's what the Bengals are pushing back on right now, Zach. And they're trying to get support from around the NFL. You need nine votes to reject this proposal. You need more than a quarter to reject this proposal. Well, who's gonna side with the Bengals here? Ultimately, this is something that doesn't impact every team. It only impacts a maximum of four teams. It's the Bills, the Chiefs, the Bengals, and the Ravens to an extent. And so where Katie Blackburn has to really try here on this Zoom call at noon Eastern is to tell owners, hey, let's not get in the business and let's not set the precedent of changing postseason rules a week plus out we have these rules on the books let's follow what the books say all right that's jonathan jones and that really is the money part right there because all of the arguments about equity and fairness and there not being any good solution are real right all of these arguments So I want to put this as delicately as I can. Go scratch. Yes. Right? There's the only, and I could not be more serious here, the only concern should be for the people who play the games. Yeah. What's the best for them? And I just heard Chris Sims say, and he's right, that most of these guys don't care where the games are played. They don't. Now, the coaches might, the owners might, obviously. It's the all town, it's all yeah. about it's all about money. Because every once in a while, every blue moon, yellow moon, harvest moon, waxing moon, waning gibbous moon, I don't care. Every once in a while, you just deal with it. You just deal with the situations. And there is a rule on the books. They actually have a rule. We didn't need to come up with solutions. There's a rule. It was put in place two years ago because they knew that there would be games canceled because of COVID. Actually, there weren't, but they thought that there would be. 
So they put a rule in place. Winning percentage. It was good two years ago. Why is it They all now? agreed to it. Yeah. Why aren't we just doing that now? We don't have to... We don't have to get into personalities and biases because I got news for you. Mike Brown, the owner of the Cincinnati Bengals, doesn't have a lot of friends among owners. It'd be like, it's not quite as bad if, as if it were Mark Davis. Yeah. But, I mean, he's not a hugely popular guy. I'll tell you who is. Steve Bishotti. Yeah. Right? So... Hey, I'll vote. Doesn't bother me. I'll vote for Bashati. Sure, why like, not? What? But why even bring that into the equation here? You have a rule. Just apply the rule. Do it in terms of uh, winning percentage, and that's it. Could the Chiefs get home field advantage based on the Bills not being able to win a 14th game? Yes, they can. And you know what? Oh, well. Home field. Last I checked, home field advantage is not a guarantee. No. Ask the Green Bay Packers two years in a row. Yes. All right. So, but I look. I have a lot of questions about this. I am curious what people think, though. So, uh, at some point in the next twenty minutes or so, I, I would love to talk to the masses about this. Nine one nine eight six zero five three two six. I want to know why. If you do think this, why you think we need fairness? Why should we go out of our way, break the rules for this notion that we are going to achieve some level of equity here in a sport that does nothing to achieve equity? Absolutely nothing to achieve equity. 919-860-5326. 919-860-5326. We will, uh, we will get back to that. By the way, is the product of an AFC championship game better on a neutral field or at a home field? I wouldn't say one way or another. It shouldn't matter. It shouldn't matter, but there's an atmosphere at a home field that does not involve, that does not um, play into it at a neutral field. Yeah. If you go to a college football game, right, the college football game on campus is a next-level experience. A college football game at a neutral site is a really good game. Yeah. There's, it's just, there, there are just a different animal. My opinion, I, I think the NFL would be doing itself a disservice by taking an AFC championship game to a neutral site. I get the Super Bowl. It, it, that, that is what yeah, it is. That is a sense. spectacle. The others are championship games. Right. There was also, believe it or not, discussions about adding an eighth team to the playoff mix in the AFC. Oh, boy. Right, because, well, Kansas City, you shouldn't get the bye that you don't deserve, except they are 13-3. and three. Mm-hmm. And Buffalo could have just as easily lost the game to Cincinnati, in which case Kansas City went 13-3. and three. Yeah. So I don't even understand. Uh, they're also... There was also a proposal about having Kansas City choose between. All right, you got a you get a choice. Do you want the first round bye, or do you want home field advantage against either the Bills or the Bengals? Wow. I mean, what you make my head explode. I know. All right, <laughs> yeah. uh, let's get to uh, at least one other thing here, real quick. So Max Pacioretty came back to the Hurricanes lineup last night, and he took six. He didn't take it. 
The Hurricanes, in honor of Max Pacioretty, who wears number 67, the Hurricanes fired 67 shots on goal last night. Just for him. I have never seen that. I have seen a lot of games where the Hurricanes post 50 shots on goal, mm-hmm. and that seems like a lot. Right. <laughs> 67 was a cartoon number. The Hurricanes had more shots in the third period than they had against the Rangers. Oh, wow. Well, that's one way to put it. (laughs) 28 third period shots, and they scored no goals. Uh, We just needed three more. We just needed three. Right. The expected goals on naturalstattrick.com for Carolina last night was six and a half. And they scored scored three. Mm -hmm. So after the game... You know, what went wrong, Rod Brindamore? What uh, what was your takeaway from the game? We just got a little mixed up, but not really. And you just, like you said, you take a little breath and boom. That was on one face off the other one. And then we got picked inside, a little interference. But it was, you know, it happens every face off. So, got to fight through that. Didn't, not seeing your nap. And the other ones were just kind of kind of weird. Tip bounces and things. I was, listen, we played a good game. I'm not going to put any negative on this. You put up so many shots, you got to win the game. No, we didn't. You got to bury those, and you know you got to give. What you got to do is give credit where credit's due. That guy played. It was a good game in the net that you're ever going to see. And that's the story. You can write other things, but essentially, that's the difference. The first part of that was about the first three goals that Carolina allowed, which were all defensive breakdowns. The first three were all defensive breakdowns, and Pyotr Kachetkov wasn't sharp last night. He was much better against the Rangers than he was last night against Nashville. But the other part of that is, I mean, we had 67 shots. Yeah. And, and it wasn't like they had 67 shots from the blue line that were easy to see. UC Soros was spectacular last night, and the Hurricanes should have still scored seven goals. Mm-hmm. It was bonkers what I watched. And my favorite are the people who, well, the majority of those shots were right at him. Okay. The majority of 67 shots. Right. So let's just say it was an overwhelming majority. So 50 of them hit him right in the Nashville. Yep. What about the other 17? Should have been 20 to 3. I mean, come on, people. Yeah, yes, there's no question about it that some of the shots just hit him in the chest. But my gosh. There's so many lucky bounces. The puck was laying in the crease for like two minutes and just whacking at it, whacking at it, whacking at it. And Soros was kicking a leg out here. There was a body here. Like, I don't know how Andrei Svechnikov didn't tie the game on the power play with about a minute and a half left. I don't. I don't know. How it didn't go, but it didn't go. Andrei Svechnikov played the best game I've ever seen from somebody who had no points. Yeah. He had five grade-A chances on his own. He had ten scoring chances overall. He had eight shots on goal. It's crazy. Yeah. Crazy. No points for Andre. Hate it. <laughs>